Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. And guess what? We're back to regular scheduled programming. Most importantly, we're back to talking to record labels. And today is a really fun one because we're going to go the route of talking about labels that have a really distinct genre and the power and the responsibility with being a genre label, so to speak. Like my guest today, Mark from progrock.com essentials. Now, can you guess what type of music progrock.com essentials focuses on? I've been really trying to have unique guests on the show, labels with really cool positions in the industry. So today we talk about progrock.com starting off as a blog and a radio show and then becoming this cult genre record label and how it's blossomed into a record label that you're going to hear about today. If you want to blossom your own record label, then be sure to download my free record label toolkit that contains a sample contract, checklists, a workbook, and so much more to help you sort out your dream of starting your own record label. And a huge shout out to our sponsor, Hypedit. Hypedit at first glance may look like a platform to help you create smart links and those pre-save links and email capture pages. And it is all that, but it's kind of bigger than that. And they have so many incredible tools to help you grow your audience, engage with your super fans and get more super fans. I've actually been playing with their platform a little bit in the past couple of weeks. And I've been using this um, Spotify growth ads tool that uses AI to find the right listeners using Facebook ads. And so I'm kind of like, there's going to be more on that in the coming weeks. I'm like testing it out a little bit, but it's really great. It's really cool. So if you want to check out Hyped It, and by the way, Hyped It is spelled like with two Ds. So it's like Hyped, H-Y-P-E-D, and then D-I-T. It's all one word, Hyped It, H-Y-P-E-D-D-I-T. It's in the description. You don't have to listen to me. Start your seven-day free trial for Hyped It using my link, otherrecordlabels.com slash hyped it. And let me spell that for you again, H-Y-P-E-D-D-I-T. And start promoting your music and gaining real fans today. Uh, okay, so what's interesting to me, and and I want you to give me a little bit of a history of, of progrock.com and the essentials, um, the, the label part of things specifically is what we want to talk about today. But what's interesting is in relation to the website, this is one of these labels that I love to see because it seems to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like more of an emphasis on the community and more of an emphasis on the shared passion. Um, so kind of tell me what came first, the chicken or the egg? Is it the, you know, the the shared passion of Prague uh, or is it the label? So tell me how that all came together. Yeah, well, it's definitely the passion. You got that right. We, um, you know, we had kind of a, a, a very generic piss poor chat room for the show. <laughs> so we do, you know, we, we have a 24 hour streaming system and we have about 12 DJs at all kind of came together from the passion, right? Yeah. And we moved to Discord and now it just exploded um the 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 community. And people are on there all the time, even when there's not a chat, even when there's not a show going. We're talking sure. about TV shows and in one channel and and uh bands we just heard of, a band, we have a special ch- channel for bands if they want to promote to our 12 DJs. Right. So, it's certainly a a, a passion and it's been a passion of mine since about 2001 when i realized i couldn't trust the radio to tell me about <laughs> what, what the best music was right right good point 
So, uh, so I started a podcast in 2002 before there was podcast. And then I became a show on a, on a different radio station than the progrock.com. Um, they had some financial issues. I bought it away from them and I grew it because the, 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 uh, the domain name is so great, you know? Yeah. No kidding. So tell me then when did, um, the label side of things come into existence? Well, uh, this maybe you'll edit this. This is uh, maybe a longer story than you want, but okay, not go too ahead. Long. Okay. No, go ahead. So, so it's uh, basically uh, you can see behind me. This is the venue in my house. Maybe you can kind of see the oh, drum kit back yeah, there. Yeah. Okay. So um, I started doing uh, house concerts in 2012 when we bought the house, and uh, um, it went really well. And then a, a band, a guy named Fido, asked to come back. Fido, people know as a, a four-time Emmy award-winning uh, uh, soap opera guy from General Hospital. Okay? okay, but I know him as a musician. I've seen him play in five different countries. Okay, wow. Wales, Wales, France, yeah. UK, Canada, all over. And uh, he's like, I would really love to record one because the room, the sound of the room is great. And can we record that? And I said, Yeah, absolutely. I invested about three grand in a recording. Uh, system sure uh and uh and we did it it came out amazing we we were almost out of we, we did 700 units we we almost sold out of them wow and so and 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 band camp as well and so it went really well and then um i had been hounding another band called discipline i said you know what one of my favorite albums is your 1997 release unfolded like staircase but it sounds awful absolutely awful <laughs> Can we please, please redo it? And it took me four years. Wow! To get to get them to come to the border. It's actually I've got a couple of props here. This is this is it right here. Okay, beautiful. All right, uh, unfold like staircase. And um, we, um, I got Terry Brown from Rush. You may know he did sure. the first eleven Rush albums. Okay. And, and he was a big fan of the album, which one of the band members knew. So we we contacted contracted him, and we did it. I did a special one album deal with them for the remaster okay and uh and that's kind of what happened and that was so, went so well that now bands are coming at me yeah okay that's amazing and when what year was that that was um it's the 25th anniversary that was that was basically 2022 but okay our, it came out just on the end of 2021 we made it 25th anniversary we fudged the date okay okay <laughs> okay so what's interesting is that it's hard for record labels to promote their own releases because they come off as bias, which they are, which is the, yeah. the good thing. Yeah. And and it's we always feel like we're self-promoting. But what right. I love about your type of label and your platform yeah. is, and it's rare, but I think it's the best, is that you can just embed these releases into this pre-existing community. Is that is that true? Is that how the, the sales and marketing work for you? Well, you know what? It's it, it, it does and it doesn't. I try to divorce myself from that. Okay. I don't make people play the albums. I don't want to become it to become like what the what the record industry is right now, where the record companies own the radio station. Yeah, sure. Yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. So, so I mean, so we do market it. Yeah. Because because we love it. I, I, I would market it the same. Let's just say as if I didn't own a stake in it. Okay. Yeah. So we'll keep it at that. Yeah. 
No, that's good. Well, that's that's good for you for doing that. Now, does some of the the community must dictate though, or not dictate, but at least influence your decision making into what you sign uh, or what you remaster? Um, is that you know? Is there are there people saying, hey, you should remaster this, or you should reach out to this band? Do you let them vote on on demos that you get? <laughs> no, I it I don't. <laughs> I, I, it's very much kind of me yeah. and and maybe yeah. a band that is interested in me sure i i i have kind of this we all kind of maybe have a system of how we rate bands and songs and stuff and i have a far five star system okay and and i say and the fifth star for me is would i get on a plane to go fly across the atlantic to see this band play wow and if they would then i then i i would i would uh i would accept them as a as a uh as somebody, that's what we call it. Procrock.com's essentials because I feel like this is essential for uh, anybody who likes progressive rock and and a, a, a certain subgenres progressive rock, which is uh, psychedelic, uh, maybe a little bit stuff that would be number one in 1973. Maybe it would <laughs> it wouldn't be that edgy, it, sure. jazzy. It's it, that's not my subgenre per se. Yeah, we have plenty of DJs that play that. Okay, but for me. It's like this is crossover progressive rock, right? Okay, a lot of ways. No, that makes sense. So, are you doing? You said the first project you did was a, an album that was already released, but you wanted to make it better and you wanted to give it to a broader audience. What yeah. are? You, what is the split like now? What is the pie like when it comes to um, records that you think need to be given a better day in the sun? Maybe a proper vinyl release versus brand new young bands who have never recorded before. Yeah, I, I don't do I don't do that. This is a one and done for okay. me, this album. The reissue. There's, okay. there's no other album that I thought was a five star album with a two star recording. Okay. It is really what it is. Yeah. And they they totally agree. And when, when Terry Brown heard it, he was like, Well, this is gonna sound great because I the bar is very low here, you know. Sure. And uh, luckily, we had the ADATs, and we didn't have to melt. We didn't have to heat them up or anything. We were able to transform them to digital. How many? How much of that was re-recorded? Did you have to re-record anything? Oh, that's great. Oh, but it was. If you have happen to see um, um, the Paul McCartney, I think it was McCartney one two three or three two one something like that. With Rick Rubin, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yep. So they talked about how the recording was actually a, a, a an actual um, they around the desk all playing with the faders, yes. right? Uh, so it was actually a performance, and they had to do the same thing in '97, right? Maybe because they didn't have a lot of money. I don't. Right. I don't think anybody else. Was, I don't think the Beatles were doing that in '97 <laughs> or <laughs> McCartney or whoever. Yeah, but. Um, but that's what happened. And a lot of things the violins got were never, they never got them into the mix. Wow. And it was, so this is amazing. You know, I'm actually kind of getting chills thinking about it right now, but uh, it's just an amazing recording. Uh, and the, the, I, I, I props to the people that did it originally. It's great. Well, I guess in progressive rock, there's so many things going on. And to be able to have all those fingers on faders and, and bringing yeah. the violins up at minute. Eight, right, eight oh eight oh five, and then bringing right. them back down. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you said eight oh five, right? Because you would never see that with any other. That's right, exactly. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, that's right. Eight oh five, right in the middle of the song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's actually four songs for uh, for four sides. You know. Oh yeah, classic. Yeah. It's the opposite yeah. of punk. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I love punk too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
we have some communities and genres that I've come across in this show over the years. A lot of the time, it's new contemporary styles of music, um, platforms that are promoting something that's never existed before. That's, you know, mm-hmm. what, what you're doing, which is a label and a community around a genre. I've seen that before, but not always do I see it in the case of Prague, where you're maybe keeping something alive, although maybe I, I'm offending you in saying that because <laughs> I know that there's new Prague all the time. Um, but is 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 preservation of this genre does that play a role in your objective at all? Yeah, I mean, that's the main thing, right? Okay. I, I'm actually put away money for when I'm gone to wow. app for the genre, you know? Wow. So, so we, we really, you know, think the most of this. And uh, is it really, uh, is it, on the, it it's kind of on the incline, right? It's, it's, it's well, it's, it's tough to really measure. It's tough, it to, tough measure. to measure. Yeah. So in Europe, it's very, you know, the band that I signed right now, they're booking for, you know, uh, maybe it's too much information, but they're booking for 6,000 euro per show, wow. which is like unheard of. Sure. I, Chester Thompson certainly helps with that. But, yeah. but um, you know, there, I, I don't think I, there's any other band that's booking that high, except unless it like maybe Tame Impala or the Decemberists or right. our Deer Hunter, right? right? Those are the few I can think of. I see. Yeah. Well, no, that's really interesting. So you think it's on the incline. And I mean, I, I, I would agree because of the globalization, because of the internet, because right. you now, if you have uh, diehard prog fans in Japan, they right. maybe could not find their people, right? They couldn't find right. their, their other people who agreed with it. And so now because of your channel, because of your, your, your station and the website and the discord, and it's the same thing for other small genres too, where they can now find our people and start to elevated a little bit that's i think that's pretty cool well that happened in 94 90 to 97 that's really when it started coalescing okay um and i've been a web developer since 97 um and uh i since retired but um that was that's how i found out about progressive rock was i i googled uh, a band called toy matinee and i didn't know they were progressive rock they're really pop but they there's a they're huge genesis fans hmm. so um so and then I found all these other bands, and that's how I like in 2001. It just all exploded for me. I was like, my God, my favorite bands I never heard of yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's incredible. I, I, I want to ask you: Is the so we know the genre is not dying off? I mean, you must be a little bit. We're not yet at the point where all of the people from the 70s who are at the show at the 70s and and into the 80s. Yeah they're no longer with us. When we get to that point, I'll, I'm one of them. It'd be curious to see if, if, if the genre lives on, what gives you confidence that the genre will live on? I will tell you the problem. Uh, it, it is a real problem. You know, it's just like, I, you know, like baseball is kind of going the same thing that the, 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 uh, demographic is, is trending older. Right. Right. Here. Uh, the, the deal is, uh, I do see that the artists are, are younger. Mm. And the people that can afford to go aren't, you can't actually, it seems like only older Americans here in America can afford to go to some of these shows because they're very expensive to get over. And the visa process is, is, is really crazy. And the metal side is doing so, aggressive metal is doing so well with younger okay. uh, audiences. Like Prague Power in Atlanta I go to, thing is sold out, you know, it's, Wow. to the rafters of people and they're all young. I'm the oldest guy there. 
Wow, that's yeah. cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Is there a, is there territories in the world that are uh, like where is where's the top? What's the top three countries for for Prague? Per per capita would be Germany, yeah. the Netherlands, and then it's it vacillates between uh, the upper upper Europe there, like Sweden and Norway. I'm not really quite sure per capita, but UK is great too. But that is an older demographic. But um, you're going to definitely see the, the the Germany is per capita. Our our station is crazy. It's like number one, just flat out. And per capita, it doesn't even compete. And I mean, wasn't that true for Genesis too back in the day? Like, and even Phil, like the you know the Germany and Italy and it was mostly Italy early, yeah. and then Germany got on board. But you know, Genesis was going to call it quits. I have the laser disc of of their biography, right? And, right. The, and uh, they were about to call. I think Rutherford said we're about to call it quits, and then their guy, the guy, came in and says, "You're number uh, selling England is number one in Italy," and they're like, "Okay, okay, we <laughs> yeah, got that's something." Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, so, would America then? Where would America rank on that? Per capita on that top 10 list or top per capita, 10? it's probably seven or eight. It wow. doesn't make the top five. And so that's interesting, so right? Big. Because I mean, you and I are, are from North America, but right. it, it, we, from a culture standpoint, um, that ocean has a lot, it, it, no matter mm -hmm. with globalization, it separates a lot. And there's this kind of ethnocentric arrogance in, in North Americans that if something is not popular in America, then it mm. therefore is not popular. Uh, do you find that to be the case with trying to promote this here in America? Well, uh, you know, it's just tough. I, here's the thing. I, I don't promote it to people that aren't really interested okay. in it. You know, it's, <laughs> You're not it's an not evangelist? It's, it's, I am, but to the right people, right? Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not pop music. It's by definition for uh, a subset of people, right? Yes. Because yeah. do you consider music an art form? If so, if you haven't heard your favorite artist yet, you got to check this band yeah. out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so it's, it, I, I have to make sure I don't want to come across like I'm some LM, uh, like MLM kind of hun, right? right? I don't want to, I'm not like, this is, you don't have to drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah type of thing. So I, I always rein it in. Well, you know what? I think everyone is like that in the sub genres like when you get into right. you, you know whether it's ska or you know some sort of uh type of hip-hop or something that everyone is everyone's drink it's okay it's okay to drink the kool-aid it's okay to make right. other people drink the kool-aid right uh, what it, what okay so if a new band is coming on the scene young people starting a band yep. in this genre do they intentionally adopt the prog rock definition or um you know or would they how did they get that a membership card as opposed to just being indie rock or right. alternative back in the nineties, what right. makes them maybe want to adopt that de definition? Is that something they do or are they given that definition? Yeah, it's, it's, it's two, it's both. It's absolutely both. So there's this one band I love. They came, it was a one and done band called Flicker and from Aylesbury. Okay. And I, I like the album so much. I interviewed them as we're doing today. And I said, guys, this is amazing. I love your songs. They, they're, and, and I told them what my three favorites were. And they're like, oh, you know, because everybody likes these other songs, these very poppy songs. And I told them they're very progressive rock to remind me of a band called Porcupine Tree. And they're like, we don't know who that is. And screw you, you know, because we, we sound like us, you right, know. And yeah. they, they became prog because I kind of, I was playing them all the time. That's funny. And, 
And I had a 20 units of their, and I gave them all away immediately because everybody loved it. Yeah. And then there's in the other side, I have this band that I'd like to sign called Oddleaf, and they are a French band. They've got two songs done, a third that I know of uh, that nobody else knows of, and, and they're great. And they definitely, specifically, when they're with they, in their videos, one guy's wearing uh, um, King Crimson, one guy's oh, wearing yeah. Pink Floyd, one guy, I mean, it's all a Wobbler, all these bands in there. They love progressive rock, and it was obvious uh, because it sounds a lot like Genesis from the 70s. Well, I have this story. It, there's this um, indie rock band um, that's uh, recently disbanded called Grizzly Bear. I don't know if you're okay. familiar with them. They're kind Not. of folksy. And they were never considered prog. Nobody really talked about prog. And they've, yeah. they've done them about four, four records or so. They were around for maybe 10 years, 15 years. And I was a big fan of them just because it was indie rock and it was sounded folksy. And very, very much like Selling England and, and Pryor. And yep. I always wondered if they were secretly Genesis fans, or I, I was surprised that Genesis fans weren't fans of them. And right. I was just speaking with a buddy of mine who's a big fan of, of Genesis as well. And okay. he was saying how he met them when they were first getting started, at, and they, he was running the door at a venue. And okay. after the sound check, he just, the, one of the, the drummer came and sat next to him and he said, um, are you guys fans of Genesis and yes, by any chance? And he's like, oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, big time. And it was just yeah. interesting because this band really should be considered prog rock, but somehow they kind of sneak snuck into that indie rock thing. I, I don't know. I wonder too, if, if like being given this moniker, does it prevent you? It's kind of like when a, a rock band with a bunch of Christian guys somehow get labeled Christian rock. I mean, I wonder if sometimes bands don't want to be labeled prog rock so that they're not put over into that category. They definitely do not want to be, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, I mean, Utopia prefers world music. Okay. Porcupine Tree, who plays like two shows at big, big venues here in Chicago, yeah. Yeah. they fought it for a long time and then wow. they finally said, well, you know, we're, we're already, you know, we're already booking the Chicago theater now. It's fine. It's Call fine. us whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and then, of course, he was mix, remixing and remastering a bunch of, uh, uh, um, Jethro Tull albums and Beatles albums and and uh, and ELO and, yeah, and you know yeah. all these. So I mean it was obvious that and um, so but it's a mixed bag. Now I think back when 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 Grizzly started, I think in, right around two thousand four. or So yeah, um, they they didn't want that. Yeah. Now now it's like instant a thousand fans. You can have you can have a, if you have a good album, you'll have an instant one thousand fans. That's really interesting. And I, then you have to go from there. Well, and, you know, we've talked on this show about the power of niching and the power yeah. of, you know, as a record label, you know, some record labels, they form and they want to be the next universal music. And they basically mm -hmm. do not have a genre that they assign or they don't have something that makes them special and right. uh, or makes them unique. And I, I caution against that. And so what you said is really interesting is that when you say, hey, we are lo-fi jazz or we mm -hmm. are progressive rock then all mm -hmm. the, that idea of that concept of having instantly having a thousand champions that's yeah. pretty appealing yeah and i don't know if you could if you know i i could be overstating it but i know i think you're from, right i i know from like i went to a concert in wales um and this, these guys have this great album and i i said well, this this is one of the best things. I I flew over here just to see you guys, you know. So they're wow. one of my five star bands, and um, and I'm like, this is 
this is this is really special. I hope you continue on. Yeah. And and everybody loved him. I wasn't the only one yeah. that thought this band is great. And they got a bunch of champions I know from our Discord server. Yeah, well, it's the, it is it is really powerful, and um, I, I think that's a really cool thing to aim for. Okay, yeah. I'm going to give you the impossible task. Well, maybe not impossible for you. You're probably the only one who could really officially do it, but <laughs> okay. of defining prog rock for our audience, because a lot okay. of our audience might be, um, uh, okay. yeah, they they might be a little bit curious. So I, it's an interesting question. I think I can answer it because I. I thought about it a lot because yeah. I hate those things. Uh, they're not prog rock. I yeah. think we have a bunch of baby boomers and and, and younger <laughs> that they are, you know they're yeah. very very particular about that. Yeah. And so mine is the most liberal definition okay. of progressive rock, and that is it's not four four. It doesn't go first chorus, first chorus, bridge, verse, chorus. Right. And if it's not that, you're in with a chance. And and then we could maybe make a decision on a on a. Uh, a no or a yes from there. But my opinion is then you're doing something outside pop music and that's progressive. I mean, like, uh, look, I'll give you an example uh, of, of uh, 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 what's the um, Green Days? Uh, Jesus is a American Idiot? American okay. Idiot. Yeah. That's a progressive rock album in my book. Wow. It's got a nine minute track in there called Jesus is Burbia. Yeah. It's got some interesting, it's got some interesting chord changes and it's definitely not first chorus, first chorus. It, Prog fans would like that album. I heard somebody once say, and, and I don't know if there's any truth to this, uh, and sometimes I listen for it when I hear prog, but um, that prog, a prog song will never repeat something. Is that, or, or have something repetitive? Do you think that's true? That's way too, it's way too strenuous. Yeah, uh, yeah, test. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're going you're gonna to have Supper's Ready, right? It's a 23 minute song yeah. and it's not going to repeat ever. Yeah. I mean, that's progressive rock. Yeah. No matter how you slice it. And yeah. I know it comes back to, Hey baby, uh, your eyes so blue, you know, I mean, it's, that's way, way, way out there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, uh, it was so weird because I was selling a laptop online and this mm -hmm. young couple came, I mean, they'd got to have been like 19 years old and mm -hmm. they saw, I had an instrument in the living room when they came to pick up the laptop and they asked me if I was a musician, what type of music I played. And I, and they said they were musicians too. And I said, what kind of music do your, does your band play? And they said, Prague. And I was like, oh, Whoa, yeah. that's cool. nice. surprising from, you know, coming from like a 19 year old. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I um, probably know them. Whoever it is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> I'm wondering though, with, um, kind of like the advancement of tech. We've talked a little bit about this globalization and, and the bringing the online communities together, but what about like home recording and like the accessibility of, of, of synthesizers, modular synthesizers and these analog synthesizers that Tony Banks had uh, and the Keith had that, that were inaccessible to most of us because they're tens and $20,000, but right. now are being made by companies like Behringer and stuff, has that influenced people to get into Prague? Well, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if that is the case. I guess that would be more of a band question okay. because I would think that these bands just love it and they're able to do more because of it. They would be doing it anyway. Yeah. But they're able to do it better. Right now, that's right. Because I can't. I can't imagine any of these artists would be like. Oh, we can't really do that. Let's go do ska or let's, yeah. you know, it's just not going to happen with these guys. They're so passionate. So progressive means to progress. 
And right. which is one of the big debates about that turning point for Genesis is, is why weren't they allowed to progress? But is, are there rules? We talked to the, about the definition, but like, or do you encourage your bands to be innovative? Do you want prog to be innovative, to evolve? Do you want, um, you know what I mean? Like, is, is yeah. that something that the prog community is looking for? Well, first of all, I don't get involved with the music making process of my bands. Oh, sure. I let them do sure. what they want to do. If they ask me for, for advice, I would say don't, I, I, I would be adjacent to that, yeah. that question. Okay. I would say, I would say, um, don't be afraid to do something different. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, um, you know, are you, uh, an artist is somebody that makes something for them, uh, uh, you know, right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. So you have to do that. You're, if you're an entertainer, you're making it for the audience. If you're an artist, you're making it for you. Oh, so, that's good. That's a pull quote there. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's uh, that's really what I've heard. I don't. Re I wish I could give credit for that one, but <laughs> I definitely felt like that is the case. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. So you don't you don't mind. So you don't get involved with your artist then. But I mean, you're still a curator, so you do have some sort of this five star system in your mind that might disqualify someone or some some sound yeah well you know i mean uh once they've made something that i think is five star quality i would book them i don't and i don't yeah. i don't say like okay well now you can't you can't <laughs> can't, do, uh, you can't have a stand-up bass and do yeah, a jazzy yeah, album yeah. right yeah so uh you're in yeah, uh, um, yeah. but uh, uh the thing is um it might affect how much i play it personally and i might hand it off to other djs and i might i might market it to different magazines yeah. and i just pivot on that and it's I, if i got it if i was in the if i was in the business of telling bands how to how to make music that would be that would be a short-lived business in my book oh, good for you that's good yeah. for you is do you i picture a bit of snobbery in the prog community in the same way that i picture it in the jazz community and it certainly sure. is there and probably in the classical community although i'm not I haven't been invited to that community, but is there snobbery? Is that something that you, that, I, I mean, I think any fans would like to be exclusive in a way as a way to mm -hmm. de define who you are and what you love. But, right. you know, do you sense snobbery? Do you embrace it? Do you try to erase it? <laughs> I definitely am of the, I, I'm, let me go, let's, let's be controversial, okay. controversial here. I am definitely against it. And okay. uh, it's a you. community. And, you know, just because this has jazzy cha chord changes in here, right. doesn't make it better, you know? Right. And, uh, I, I, uh, and we deal with that a lot because yeah. I like, I like, like I said, I like, I like, I like stuff that people would like outside the genre. Mm. If you, if you liked, you know, I, so I like Phil Collins Genesis, right? Yeah. yeah. I like Phil Collins. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That would, that's, that would be, that would give me like, they would close the circle and they wouldn't let me, they would, all of a sudden I wouldn't be part of the conversation anymore if I said that some places, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, um, yeah, I think it's been coming out in our conversation, but I want to ask uh, you about you and why you do this. Um, I, surprisingly met a few people over the years who are doing what you're doing or want to do more importantly they want to do something meaningful later in their life like you're doing i can honestly say i've met people who want to start a record label from the age of 13 all the way to 70 and beyond so tell me a little bit about why you're still doing this 20 years later 
and you've you said you've put money away for after you're gone. I don't think I've met any record label owner who has said that. That yeah. is is mind blowing. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So what what motivates you? Well, you know, uh, I haven't been a label that long, right? Mm. Since only four or five years, sure. uh, and that's and it was very uh, a loosey goosey thing. It was um, <laughs> it was the it was a house concert and this remaster. Yeah. So it really yeah. wasn't anything going on just recently it's really come come to hit so so but my uh let me go let me circle back to the question uh what was the question here let me go back what What motivates you and why why do you do this and especially this idea of doing it uh, as a second career later in life so it's uh it's just the love of the music i mean it really just comes down to that i didn't realize how much i love music um i'm a kind of person that can't do things halfway Mm. So a little bit, this might be too much information, but when I was three years old, I knew I wanted to be a professional bowler. Okay. Okay. And I, I focused on that all the time. I became professional bowler in the twenties and there was no money in there for (laughs) it, for me. And I wasn't as good as, as I needed to be. Right. And, um, then, uh, and then I was really good at computers. Computers in '94, I started making a lot of money in computers, right? Uh, and by '97, I was making. Uh, I was in web development, went, and that 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 it's a good that, time. Uh, hel- that helped me yeah. for a whole way, right? Yeah. And then uh, and then when when that subsided, I was really into the Cubs, and I went to all over the world to see Cub games, and I went to Japan for the opener, and I went to you know I even went to the all seven World Series games. Wow. So I cannot seem to do anything halfway. And when <laughs> I, when I became uh, interested in music, I started the podcast uh, before we were a podcast in 2002. I've done over a thousand episodes. I've always featured a new album every week. There's always something worth it. To me to to share with everybody every week there's a new album oh man so, so there is that and uh and then i decided that because i have some 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 skills marketing and computer wise that i could actually help out bands as well they agreed <laughs> and so here i am with a couple of bands on the roster yeah that's incredible and do you want to I mean, do you want to grow that roster? Do you have kind of a, a limit? Do you have a, a, a an amount I, of releases per year you feel like you can handle? I definitely have a limit, and it's, yeah. we want to keep a boutique. I want to make sure I can yeah. do with do everything for them uh, that I need to do. And right now, it's it's crazy because I have four releases in 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 six weeks. So wow, uh, it's incredible because we have a tour starting in September first. Okay, so uh, and then everybody in the band wanted to put out an album so chester thompson wanted to put out an album in time he had it ready to go so i had to work on art just rush rush just getting artwork ready and everything there and you know you need six weeks to 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 make it and then a guy named uh uh, don schiff who was i mean he played with elvis this guy and uh he lost all of his merch to uh to a fire he's in california and one of the his house burned down and so I had to put on an anthology and, uh, wow. and then Unitopia also has a side project called UPF and they're all, they all wanted to work with me and they barely know me. I don't, it's kind of crazy. That's As a matter awesome. of fact, Chester, Chester signed with me where he, he said he wanted me to do it. He didn't even have a contract. He didn't even care what the contract was. And I'm like, Chester here, I'm ma- I'm actually making the album now. Can you please look at the contract? Please? Oh my gosh. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a testament to something for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what uh, um, just to, before we close up, uh, um, yeah. and I, I know you've got a lot going on, um, 
this is uh, this is getting it back into the weeds because that's what we do. It's fun, but yeah. um, this the prog fans have been through a lot of physical formats. I love talking about physical formats because I've been through a lot of physical formats in yep. in my, um, I've only been alive for 17 years, obviously. But, yeah, um, right. <laughs> but no, prog fans go from uh, originally vinyl, but then probably some eight tracks. I've seen some eight tracks of the lamb yep. kicking around. Um, but then maybe a short stint in cassettes. Of course, CDs was a, big thing and still is a big thing. And now vinyl's coming back with all the colors and and variants. And then there's streaming. I'm not sure what role digital or streaming plays with your audience. So give me some insights into what type of uh, what types of formats your fans like to purchase uh, today. I'm, I'm actually glad you asked me that question. I, can, I have some notes on that, actually. Please, <laughs> please. Uh, and uh, so, I mean, I, when I started, vinyl had already kind of had the resurgence, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, always have vinyl. Always do 100 black, and then I try and do 400 of a color. Okay? okay. And I do know, I know the numbers are vague, but a lot of people do not play them. Okay? Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. So, whether it's 50% or 20%, you want to have a color one. And I know, I know from Fido, who I mentioned earlier, that you, if you only have black, you're going to be in trouble. Interesting. So, um, and I, I'm sitting on his merch as well, as well. I do a lot of distribution yeah. for bands. Yeah. I help them out do their American distribution. And, uh, so I will tell you that from the seven bands that I do distribution for, you don't want to do only black. Hmm. Okay. And it'd be best. It's worth the extra money for the 150 gram or whatever. 180. The, yeah. 180 gram I agree. Thing. I agree. Uh, it's not that much more. And the theme of color isn't that much more. I know I listened to your, I listened to one of your shows with, uh, I've got with secretly, yeah, and uh, and they said the color is, is a little bit more, but it's I don't even notice it. I'll tell you right now, it doesn't cost as much as shipping. I'll tell you that. Well, that's for sure. And really, color all it is is the setup fee. So if you are right. if you're only doing a hundred copies or two hundred copies, you notice the setup fee more. But once you all get right. to five hundred and beyond, it's only right. about a hundred dollar ninety five dollars setup fee. So that right, it's just it's just to clean that clean it that's the colors right. out that's from right. the, the system. Yeah. So I definitely get vinyl for, for prog fans, but the ratio is five to two, five CDs to every two vinyl. Interesting. Okay. For my 20,000 units that I've sold. Okay. And, um, pause. Uh, Can I, I want to pause for the second. This, yeah. I just want to send a note out to our listeners and our viewers. Um, yeah. the fact that, you know, these numbers is very <laughs> good, very important. And everyone okay. should be able to, I should be able to call every label who's listening and say, what are your, what are you, what's your ratio for CDs to mm. vinyl? So bravo continue. Yeah. Well, it's my, I'm a math guy. And that's okay. That's IT, great. So that's why it's I so know good. that stuff. And, um, and I will tell you that download codes, I, I, also, on another one of your videos, I don't remember that they were kind of like, uh, oh, it was actually, it was, it was, it secretly. was secretly. Yep, yep, secretly said, yep. you know, I don't know about download codes. They're yep. not, the redemption rate is 5%. But I'm here to tell you that offering it helps sales. Okay. okay. I don't have empirical data on that. Sure. But you should definitely keep it. I know from my own, for me, if I know there's a download code, then I don't feel like I'm behind the people that got the bought it from Bandcamp or whatever. Yes. So yes. And let me give you, and let me give you, uh, uh, I will give you a story about that. In business, I had a business class when Kinko's went from, who knows Kinko's is, but, but when Kinko's went from seven to seven to 24 hours, they sold more every hour 
even the hours they were open before, because now they knew that everybody knows that I can I can go to Kinko's. I don't have to look at my watch. Uh. It's always open. So if you have that ability to say, okay, well, I get the download code, so I can always get it at any point, even though I may I I, I may not listen to it until I have it in hand. The knowing is what helps sell sell. Genius. Okay, that is so genius. I totally agree. So who cares about the redemption rate? It's yes. and, and we. You're right. We can't get this data, but that to be able to convert people to buy th those download codes may actually be doing right. that. Right. Great and, point. And, the, and they're great at live concerts because who doesn't want to listen to the band they just heard on at the concert? Yep. You have a redemption code, they download on their phone, they're streaming it. You don't have, you don't, people don't have CD players in their cars anymore, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's great to have those at the gigs as well. And um, I would, and I would, I would just highly recommend that people put those out. You get hundreds of them from from Bandcamp. You yes, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, and so CDs are five to two. So CDs still play a really big role for you. Big role, yeah. Now, and 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 actually, download might be. I don't have enough data from newer bands, but the downloads are just are maybe one to one with the vinyl. Wow. Yeah, I find that too. I find that too, yeah. maybe even a little bit more. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that is, that's really interesting. And that's great too, because that helps pay for some of the physical stuff. It's, yeah. it's pure profit that those digital stuff. Yeah. That's really and, interesting. And, and, and the way, way to, if you want, I give you a little, another hint about making, making more money on the downloads. Yeah. Always offer a 24 bit one. Oh, okay. Uh, upcharge it two or $3. Okay. And, and maybe you can, offer uh the maybe you can offer the the 16-bit one for a lower rate but people will always then then what happens 95 percent of the people buy the higher bit rate one because yeah. they're like for two bucks i'm gonna go ahead and i just, just want to make them. sure yeah that's just, right I'll, I'll get the better one you know yeah. and they may not have spent 13 dollars, except you gave them a nine dollar option and a 13 dollar option so uh, they spent the 13 dollars. now are you talking about on your own store versus Bandcamp? Bandcamp, Bandcamp, Bandcamp. they Bandcamp allows you to separate the oh yeah Yep. Wow. Just like vinyl, CD, 16-bit, uh, 24-bit. I didn't realize that, that you can charge yes. more. Okay. And which one is FLAC? FLAC can be both, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's just it's just a matter of the the master, right? Yeah. The wave I put up there. That's really, that's really really cool. And so are you sending 24-bit to vinyl too? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we have an own master. We have three masters. Oh, okay. Oh, we have cool. a 16-bit, 24 and a vinyl. Oh, beautiful. Um, Wow, so, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Is, it, is it one master and three, three? I can't remember. What, three, one mix and three masters, right? I was right, that's right. Which yeah. one's which, yeah. And, and so that's, my gosh, that's really interesting. Now that might really, that really does resonate, I think, with prog fans. I know that like yeah. flack is very important when it comes to bootlegs mm -hmm. and, and that kind of stuff. And so, and I think there are probably genres like jazz where classical mm -hmm. world music where that's where that's really really important um right all very very cool stuff i know that uh, we had dave kersner uh, uh, i talked oh, to him dave, yeah. years ago or not years ago but on the other channel and and uh we talked about a little bit about atmos too um mm. and and i think that you know who knows at the time of recording this seems to be fizzling out a little bit just because of how expensive it is and there <laughs> seems to be no return for the labels right. or the um, right. But I mean, that is something that I would imagine prog fans are kind of interested in a little bit. I will certainly keep an eye on it. I yeah. love the idea, uh, but you know, my I have a pretty big house, and my I don't ha I can't really set it up 
I don't even have a wall behind me for, uh, yeah. for, for 5.1, let alone 23 by one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't mind it on my, on my uh, AirPods. I, I, I can hear it when it's done mm-hmm. really, really well. I have, um, I was listening to Marvin Gaye and you can hear like congas in the background. I don't mind it. It's, but again, if people, if Apple isn't paying the, they're not paying you more for it. So that's right. a problem. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad I asked you about formats because I love to get into the weeds and we loved, we got into the weeds on that secretly episode and that's that download code perspective from you. Our audience are going to love that because it's so true. It's irrelevant on Bandcamp because you get the download anyway, but that's what I love about buying vinyl from Bandcamp. Right. As opposed to Amazon or, or even a show. Yeah. But the physical media at the store, I, um, I actually make sure that I, I give the code in there. And actually, another thing you guys talk about, let's see if I can show you this real quick. So I have like, oh, you can't, it's, it's reflecting badly. There yeah, we go. a QR code a on the vinyl. QR code on there. So the, the salespeople at the, at, the, uh, at the store don't have to do the selling for it. I do, I do a video with a little for fans of video with two more links to the unboxing and then a sample of the song uh, that come on after Okay. So, okay. Pause. Hold on. We've got, yep. we've got viewers and we've got listeners. So I want to just, okay. I want to go through oh, yeah. this a little bit Thank closer. You. So we have a 12 inch vinyl and you have put a little label um, mm-hmm. that has a QR code. So they're in the record store. They scan the QR code. What, where are they taking to first? They're taking to uh, a little video, like a 15 second video that says for fans of. For fans of. Okay. Like FFO, I, ca- okay. I call it. Yeah, that's uh, great. And then, and then at the end of that video, it has linked to two more videos. One is the unboxing, so they can see the color okay. of of the vinyl, and another one is a sample of the song. So it it ends with two th- links for for two more videos. Yeah. So I do a three video suite for every yes. vinyl. Wow, that bravo! And that unboxing thing is really cool. And I think it's one of the things I love about Bandcamp is that when people show all the different pictures, and I'm like, oh right. gosh, this comes with a fold out poster. I need to have this, but you right. don't get that experience in the record store. When it's right. wrapped in cellophane and then stuck in the in the store's plastic sleeve, right? And it's really important to me because there's no white sleeves in my thing. It's always I have artwork on every sleeve, and I've got some triple vinyls, so it's a lot. Oh of artwork. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, yeah. And I think this. I mean, the whole vinyl fans, and and I want to go back to what you said about. Um, about people who just listen, we don't really. Uh, there was a recent article that I call BS on, but there was a recent article about that. It said it was a 50%, I think, um, mm-hmm. uh, of fans who buy yeah. the vinyl and don't listen to it. I, right. I, I, well, I saw the interview with, uh, what's his name? We just, we talked about, Oh, that's right. The record store day. Yes, we did talk record about that. Store day. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and I mean, let's maybe take out the Taylor Swift fans from that equation and then recalculate mm-hmm. that number. But still, I, I you know, I said, I think I said to, in that interview, um, as well, that, I am kind of guilty of that sometimes too. Like I have some some gorgeous Genesis bootlegs that sound like crap, but they're very important to me. They're they're right. meaningful records and they sit in my record collection. I have records from my friends that are gifts. Um, but I, I just wanted to highlight, regardless of that, who cares? They're supporting the artist. It doesn't matter. But right. um, what I think is so great is these, that you're putting so much attention into this package there's no white right. sleeves three vinyl color right. um because yeah. this is an artifact that people want to own forever right i mean uh, uh porcupine tree said steve wilson said that you gotta make you gotta give people a reason to want the physical media right yeah so i can't 
I can't put anything out. I can't do it halfway. The whole point of me doing this label <laughs> is let's do it right the first time. Let's not yes. go back. You don't have enough money for vinyl. You can sign with me. I will make sure it comes out the same day as your CDs wow. or your downloads. Uh, because you don't want to buy, you don't want to make your, 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 your fans buy it twice, right? Yes. Yeah. So, That's so true. So, yeah. And I don't, and, and I always talk, first of all, I always talk people out of signing a label at all. You said you shouldn't have a label. Don't give me any money. There's no need for you to give me any money, really. Right. You could do it on your own. Yeah. But if if that fails, are you really, I'm, and there's one band that I'm trying to sign and he's working, he's working as a, as a waiter, you know, yeah. he cannot afford to put out the vinyl at the same time. It's then, then I get a little more aggressive and mm. say, let's, if you want to do it right, let's do it, you know, yeah. and, and you, you know, let's, let's do something. Well, the, the resounding um, thing I hear from you and I do hear from a lot of labels is people who start labels from fandom. And I love that story of you, you know, your favorite record you felt like wasn't given the proper release and that you as a fan who cares if mm -hmm. the other thousand people buy it or not right you as a fan want to have a good copy of that in your collection i love that i think that's the best place to start a record label yeah. from it was well it was basically uh yeah it was basically it's like for me if this if it cost me 10 grand for one my test my test vinyl yeah fine that's absolutely fine uh, yeah yeah I, you know? no i'm the same way <laughs> so uh, and like i said it's the only album i felt that way that about yeah yeah no i totally agree thank and you it, it took me four years to, to talk him into it i mean i was, I was hounding him i was going to detroit i was going to canada i was yeah. going to pennsylvania i was like let's do this yeah amazing so that's awesome yeah thank you so much for doing this mark it's been such a pleasure to chat thank with you. you and congrats on everything you've built the past 20 years and the past two years and and yeah. what you've got coming up congrats well thanks very much it's such a pleasure to be here i'm i'm like i'm like ravenously checking out all your videos so thank you so much for, that's great for what you're doing too thank you thanks for listening learn more by going to progrock.com and trust me if you're not a fan of progressive rock you're just not a fan yet you will be go check them out and learn from them and what they're doing another shout out to my friends at hyped it a smart tool that I think all indie labels and artists should have to help you promote your music and discover new fans. So visit otherrecordlabels.com slash hyped it. Thanks to them for sponsoring today's episode. And you can check the link in the description below. Thanks for listening. <laughs>